Welcome everybody to the Nerd Pool Podcast, the podcast where we talk pop culture, pro wrestling, and everything else that's on my mind. So sit back, grab your snack, and listen in as I rant and rave about everything we know and love. What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerd Pool Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a J-A-M-I-E. Your third favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And spoiler alert. Spoilers are going to be flying. I don't care. There is no get. Spoiler alert. Okay, coming just now from Clerks Three, um, the trilogy in the Clerks saga, written and directed by Kevin Smith. If you don't know what this is, Clerks was the film that was released in 1994 uh, by Kevin Smith. It was his independent film that just highlighted and launched his career into doing all the things we know and love. And he is a, you know, Kevin Smith is a big um, inspiration of mine. He's basically one of my goals in life is to do what he does because he took what he wanted to do and made a career out of it. And he's just living his best life doing what he loves. Clerks follows the story of two clerks at a convenience store, Dante and Randall. We had Clerks in 94. In 2006, we had Clerks 2. They're based around pop culture. They're based around talking about pop culture and watching these two try to come to grips with growing old or you know just living their life in a convenience store and being quote unquote clerks and being not where they want to be in life um clerks the film the original one changed the way comedies are done without clerks we wouldn't have Zach and Mary we wouldn't have had knocked up a uh, 40 year old virgin forgetting Sarah Marshall any of these films because they changed the way people talk in comedies. If you go back before, nobody was talking about pop culture. Nobody was, no one, would, no one was having conversations like normal people do, did. It wasn't like a, a everyday thing you see. Kevin Smith took what he knew best, and that was talking to his friend Brian, and made that into a film, and it spawned his career. Clerks 2 was a fantastic comedy. It got a little weird with the donkey sex scene, but it still, it showed you a different side of Dante and Randall and them Growing older and still being not at the convenience store at that time, they were moved on to Movies, the restaurant, fast food place. But you saw them growing and trying to come to grips with the fact that they're that's just what they are. They're clerks. They're they're at their lot in life. Clerks three was announced. Clerks three has been in the works for a long time. There was a, originally a spat with Jeff Anderson that played Randall and Kevin. There was kind of a little falling out, and Clerks three didn't happen because of that. And we finally got it. Clerks 3 has dropped, and I will say this. This may be Kevin Smith's best film. This might be. At this point, after seeing it, if you tell me you don't like this film, if you tell me this is a bad film or that this film isn't good, I am just going to assume that you do not like Kevin Smith at all, and you are just hating on his film because he made it. This film is a roller coaster ride of emotions. It brings you up, it takes you down, you will laugh, you will cry. This, if Jay and Silent Bob reboot was fan service and people saying that it's too much and it was just too much for the fans, this gets that fan service perfect. It blends it in because you have callbacks to the original Clerks and Clerks 2. You have callbacks to his other films. A lot of the characters from the original Clerks came back for this Um you, you see characters from the store, and that's because this film is based around the fact that Randall Graves has a heart attack, 
and he survives it in the same way Kevin did. A lot of what Kevin has said went on with his uh, heart attack is portrayed in the Randall from him not wanting to, you know, take his clothes off because he's afraid he has a tiny dick, and the doctor ends up telling him it's, it's you know, it's a normal size dick. There's a lot going on in that scene, but it adds to it, and it comes to the term with Randall saying he's going to make a movie which essentially is him making Clerks. He makes that film of his life. It's meta as hell. We have returning Dante Hicks, which is played by Brian O'Halloran, Randall Graves, which is played by Jeff Anderson. We have returning uh, Elias, which is played by Trevor Furman. And he's still fantastic in this role. To see him go from in Clerks 2 being the Transformers-loving, Lord of the Rings-loving, Bible-thumping geek who, you know, basically has never lived to Randall basically corrupting him here. He's older. He's 36 now. He has his own Silent Bob character played by Austin Zur. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. I apologize. Um, it, the guy that is dating his daughter that has been in his was in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. He is best known for being in the um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie. Uh, but he's playing his Silent Bob to Elias, and he does a fantastic job of doing it. He, his his nonverbal roles, his IQs, he does very well what Kevin Smith does in the Silent Bob role. We have Jason Mewes returning as Jay. We have Kevin Smith returning as Silent Bob. Marilyn Giuliani returns as Veronica from the original Clerks. Justin Long um, has a great cameo in this. Ben Affleck has cameos. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Fred Armisen. We see uh, Mark Bernardin, the podcast uh, star with Kevin on Fat Man Beyond, uh, debuting in this as Lando. If you don't know who Lando is, that is a character from the Clerks cartoon that was the quote-unquote black friend that helped Dante and Randall in their everyday endeavors. There's a lot of cameos, but let's just let's jump into the story. It opens up with them playing hockey on the roof of the Quick Stop. We see all the comic book men, a lot of people returning. Um, Ming Chen's there, Brian Johnson's there, Walt Flanagan's there. Uh, you see Scott Mose. You see a lot of people from the original clerks that played hockey with them up there playing. We see Jay and Silent Bob now own RST THC. They bought the video store. They opened their own weed shop. You might remember it as Cock Smokers, the chicken sandwich shop in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. They own it. The funny thing about it is they own a weed shop, a dispensary. It is legal, and they're still out front peddling the weed like they're in the 90s. They're hiding stuff, telling people to keep it down, not wanting it shown. It's great. Jay and Silent Bob in this are used beautifully. Now, if you said that in Reboot that they were they went a little too overboard with the Jay and Silent Bob characters, this is perfect. They get in, they get out when they need to be. They have a great uh, image of Silent Bob being the DP when they're making the film, him explaining why you're going to shoot it in black and white, him saying about the artistry. They're perfectly cast, again, and it's perfect in this film the way they are. We see Dante and Randall. We see there where they're at in life. The thing that shocked me right out of the gate is when we walk in, when Dante opens the store, he opens it the same way you saw in Clerks, pretty much the same stuff going on. We see that Becky Hicks, uh, played by Rosario Dawson in the 2006 film Clerks 2, the one who was married to Dante and who was pregnant with their child, passed away in 2006. Now, this makes Clerks 2 difficult to really comprehend right now because I was like what no in the trailer she's there she's you know 
they they bill it as her being there, and she's in the film. But you're expecting to see how Dante is dealing with being married and how Hilly's dealing with being a father. And you find out that she's passed on that year before the daughter was even born. We find out later, unfortunately, that she was in an accident due to a drunk driver. She passed, the baby passed, and you're like, wow, that's... Like, because you, you're thinking, how are they going to have Dante handle all this? How's Randall going to be handling it being, I guess, quote-unquote, kind of an uncle to his, his uh, child? But at the end of the film, which we'll get into, it plays into Dante. It plays into what needed to be done, and it sets it up beautifully. We see that Randall has the heart attack. We see that he's wanting to make a movie. He writes a script in one day. It's 136 pages. There's a lot of callbacks and references to the first two films um, from 37, which you'll know if you watch from Sucking 37 Dicks. One of the new joke running jokes in this film is Elias. Elias uh, wishes or prays for Jesus to smite Randall for the way that he is acting at the beginning of the film. When he has his heart attack, Elias then prays that Jesus saves him. When he doesn't answer his prayer right away, he turns to quote-unquote Satan and becomes a Satanist. His costume changes throughout this movie are hilarious. He's just getting more and more elaborate with his, you know, gothic uh, look, his satanic quote-unquote look. It, it is great. Trevor Furman does an amazing job playing Elias again. And Austin playing his sidekick just adds to that. But the running joke was he was telling Randall about when Jesus was crucified, being crucified next to two thieves. And you had a good thief and a bad thief. Um, you know, the bad thief, and, and this is what Elias says, was telling him, you know, if you're the son of God, then get us down off this cross. The other one says, he hasn't done anything. You know, we're still here. He's the son of God. We are but thieves. And that's the running joke. And I think it's hilarious. Every time he says we are but thieves, somebody looks and goes, what's a butt thief? It is a running gag that is just hilariously done throughout this entire movie. Okay? As the movie progresses, we see Randall trying to... He writes, he wants to direct, but he puts it on Dante. Dante needs to... He wants Dante to get financing. He wants Dante to find actors. He wants Dante to find, you know, the DP to shoot the film. He wants Dante to find cameras. He wants Dante to do all the work. And Dante ends up doing it. Dante calls his ex-fiance, Emma from Clerks 2, who he cheated on her with Becky and begs her for money. And he basically puts up his half of the quick stop to get the money to finance Randall's film. Randall's film is going to cost $27,000 plus the exact amount of money that it costs to make clerks. He gets thirty. As we go through, we see the joke of basically Dante's not... Randall's looking at it all as it's all him. Dante's jokingly not even a sidekick in it. He's not a big part in it. It's what the what Randall's basically trying to portray. This is all Randall. What we're learning is that Dante's trying to show him that it's not just Randall's life. That that they've been together for so long that everything he sees is him. That's their life. That's their. We see iconic vi- visions of them shooting clerks. Clerks f- footage. Uh, parts of the movie Clerks and Clerks Two are done in this with the same characters. So they're older. It looks so beautiful to see how this was because you kind of get a glimpse into what it might have been like making Clerks from Kevin Smith's perspective. We get the auditions. That's where Ben Affleck comes in. That's where Sarah Michelle Gellar comes in. Fred Armisen. 
even Grace Smith, Kevin Smith's mother, makes a cameo in this as the as an old woman that's just cursing and and saying, you know, who writes this type of shit? It's it's great. The film then goes with through comedy. It goes into a, a darker place because you start seeing Dante as you learn, you know, when he lost Becky, he lost his daughter, Grace. You start seeing how it affected him. Him at a gravesite. She every time you see Becky and Rosario Dawson's character Becky, she is a memory of da- of Dante's or she or Dante's talking to her ghost. She goes through a great line of talking about how in heaven all you're doing is having sex. She's having sex with celebrities and she's naming a bunch of different celebrities that she's had sex with. It's a funny moment. But you see that it's making Dante laugh, but you see how much he misses her, how much he it hurts her, hurts him to be without her and to be without his daughter and that he loved her and that was his chance and now he's almost 50 and he has nothing and he doesn't want anything. He wanted her. He wanted his life that he was promised and he was supposed to get and it's truly a heartbreaking story of a man coming to grips with losing his wife, the woman he loved, losing his daughter and almost losing his best friend and then having it to where you see that he's conflicted in all this. He's wanting his best friend to do the best that he can. He's helping his best friend, but it seems like his best friend is kind of not understanding that these parts of his life are hurting him to relive. Again, it's truly an amazing performance by Brian O'Halloran. I will say this right out of the gate. I know this is people are going to say this is crazy of me to say, but Brian O'Halloran is one of the only true actors that was in Clerks. I think he might have been the only one who had actual acting experience. Maybe there's others, but I know he had acting experience. I know Jeff Anderson didn't. Jay, uh, Kevin, none of them had acting experience. He did. And you kind of see in other films how he's a good actor. In this, Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson also, but Brian O'Halloran especially, is amazing. I know that it might be hyperbole. People might be like, you're crazy for saying this. I honestly think Brian O'Halloran should be nominated for awards for this portrayal. And I know people are going to be like, that's insane. And I know that there's a lot of great actors out there and a lot of great acting in movies. And there's a lot of movies I'll never see that they say are fantastic. But his ability to make you feel for this man who has basically lived a life that he doesn't think has been worthy of anything. And the one time he thought it was worthy, the one time he he saw a, a prize that he was getting and he was finally going to be happy to have it ripped from him, it's truly heartbreaking. And Brian O'Halloran brings that to life so vividly. And it's the words Kevin put on paper, but you have to have the right actor to give that emotion and I, I guess it's because you I've watched Dante, you know, from Clerks and Clerks 2, you've watched him grow, that you know enough of his story to know where he's at in life at that point, and to know that he's hanging on by a thread, and to see it unfold, and to see the heartbreak that he has to deal with is truly awesome, and he should be recognized for this in award season. He's not going to be, I know Kevin Smith films don't get recognized for this stuff, and people are going to say, I'm crazy. I don't fucking care. Brian O'Halloran did 
a fantastic job. He made me feel emotions for Dante that are very hard to get made in a movie, that are very hard to come across in a movie. Just my hat's off to Brian O'Halloran. And Jeff Anderson bouncing off of him playing Randall. As Randall comes to grips with almost dying, Randall comes to grips with trying to put something in the world to make people remember him and know who he is. And he said himself, he said, I always thought my life was building to something. And I realize now it's just building to the hospital. This is what he says when he survived the heart attack. And you see him coming to grips with mortality. You see him coming to grips with, I thought I had time. I thought my life was going to have meaning. And trying to find meaning in life and trying to give the world something to remember him by. So that he doesn't just fade into the sunset and nobody remember who Randall Graves is. And to see him come to grips with that while trying to simultaneously make the film that's going to do that and also deal with Dante and not really understanding the pain that Dante's going through. Every There's multiple times in this film when he stops himself or a character says something that they realize, oh shit, you know, they're saying it to Dante and it's, and they realize, you know, that he's been through a lot. Um, when Veronica comes back and Randall wanted her to play Veronica in the movie and talk about it, she comes in and she's talking, you know, how dare you, this is a part of my life, I have a, I have a life, she said, I have a life, unlike you two, I have a real job, and she said, I have a family, and then she realizes, because Dante, she sees the look on his face, and she starts crying, and she's like, I'm sorry, and leaves, and Dante has to go console her, you know, Dante goes to console the woman that basically just said, I have a family unlike you two, when he had a family, and they died, and I'm getting emotional, I don't care, it's truly, it was truly amazing, and that leads to a funny moment of them, and I know this is weird that, uh, that you know, you put this in, but it leads to a funny moment of Veronica and Dante, the former lovers, having sex in the car. It's, it's just a, it's such a Kevin Smith thing to do, to take you from that, that moment of anger and that moment of sadness to something funny. It leads to a crescendo of them going to shoot the iconic donkey scene from Clerks 2 at the movies that they, you know, worked at. When they go there, we see that Dante is, you know, talking to Becky's ghost, and she's like, go inside, and he's like, I can't. I haven't been there since. And you see him, again, lose it. And he drops the his movies outfit, and he runs, and then Randall sees him. And next time you see him, he's drunk. Randall goes off on him. He's basically saying, you know, how dare you? I almost died. You know, you're being selfish. He gives him this little tirade not knowing how much it affected him, not even realizing that being there might have affected Dante. And I know this is weird that I'm getting so dramatic and getting so much caught up in it, but that's so much of this film is mixing the comedic with the uh, dramatic. And, and this and this finally towards the end, we see they're shooting the iconic salsa shark scene when he's moving the chip around the salsa, the salsa uh, jar and he's doing the Jaws theme. They're doing line for line what he said. And then, all of a sudden, Dante goes off. And Dante goes off on him, talking about, you know, you're you're not a friend of mine. You don't understand that I don't want to live this stuff. You're just, you know, you're being selfish yourself. You never want to look at what anybody else says. You just care about you. And he's going off. And basically, him and Randall, you know, it's one of the things where you don't got to worry about me being your producer. I quit as your producer. I quit as your friend. 
and it kind of takes Randall off guard, but then Dante collapses. And we find that Dante has a heart attack. And we go to the hospital, and we're back there. And Randall's going to go, you know, they won't let him see what's going on until they know him and Elias are there. And Randall's like, well, I'm going to go finish my movie. We're almost done. And Elias is like, your movie? Fuck your movie. You know, and he kind of, this is the one time he kind of stands up to Randall in the entire film. He's like, fuck your movie. You know, Dante's your best friend. Dante didn't leave you. You can't leave Dante right now. Dante needs you now more than ever. And Randall, it's it's not just, it's a moment of Randall not wanting to deal with what's there not wanting to deal with the moment not not realizing that Dante you know is could die because he survived his heart attack but also I think not wanting to basically scare that he's going to die well he ends up seeing Dante and that's when uh, Elias tells him you know that he put up his half of the quick stop to Emma to get the to get the funding for his film and you see Dante being wheeled into the OR Randall says, I'm sorry, I didn't know about Emma, and they kick him out because he's causing a scene. He runs, and you see him at his place looking at pictures of him and Dante from Clerks, Clerks 2, and then when they're younger. And basically, it looks like he finishes the film. He, he sneaks in to the hospital. Uh, Dante is intubated. He's awake, but not doing well. And Randall tells him, you know, basically he says, you know, you've, you weren't the Dax, which is a callback to when they were talking about the script, he's saying that he was the Luke and the Han and that Dante wasn't, he was playing it up that Dante wasn't a big part of his, his life. And this, he basically tells him, you know, you are Luke, you're, you're everything, you know, without you, I wouldn't be me. You know, you've been there through all the important life, which is what Dante was trying to get across to him. And we see, he goes, so you want to see our movie? So he start, he pulls out a laptop and he starts playing the film and we see Dante watching parts of it. And then we see Dante sitting in a movie theater and he's watching scenes from Clerks and scenes from Clerks 2. And Becky comes and sits down and grabs his arm and they're just watching this film. And it's the scenes and beautiful music's playing and you're seeing the scenes and you're seeing him smile and realize it. And then he gets up and he goes, he said, let's get out of here. And she goes, you don't want to see how it ends? He goes, and he says, I trust the director. And they leave. And at that moment, I was like, I'm sitting there, he's watching it. And then I realized, I was like, holy, wait, no, no, this isn't, no. And then we shoot back to Dante being in the hospital bed, and Dante flatlines, and Dante passes away. It's, it, that hit me. Because you're watching this, you're going, wow, this is kind of weird. You realize he's watching Clerks and Clerks too. He's watching his life. And then that's when you realize, like, when they got up to walk away, I was like, he he's going to die. Like, they're, they're, they're killing Dante. That was him watching his wife flash before his eyes. And he's going to be with Becky and his daughter. What the fuck? I, I started tearing up in that moment. I started crying at that moment. That hit me hard. We all knew that this was the end of Clerks. We all knew this was the, the end of it. And we're and I went in expecting what you usually get from clerks. You're getting for, dick jokes. You're getting pop culture references. You're getting bickering. You're getting Silent Bob saying something, you know, meaningful. You get Dante and Randall arguing and fighting. You get laughs. 
and then they make up and then things work out. So I'm like, I know that this is the end of it. I know that this is the last Clerks film, but I'm expecting everything to work out. The movie's going to come out. They're going to be big. They're going to finally live. Maybe Dante gets with Veronica and they, they live a happy life. And you realize that that's not what happens. A beautiful set, a beautiful ending, a beautiful crescendo, and an encore to what Clerks is. This is just beautiful. And that's what I mean when you find out Becky died. And you realize that Dante walking off with her was the happiest moment of his life. Him watching that film, seeing what his best friend finally accomplished, seeing them together, knowing that he was there with him, that's all he needed, and it was over with. You saw Dante finally get what he wanted. Happiness. Being with the woman he loved. And, oh my God, I never expected the ending that came. I never expected it. And when you don't expect it, that's when it hits you hardest. And Kevin Smith did a fantastic job. Watching this film, you saw how Kevin Smith has evolved as a director, as a storyteller, as a filmmaker. From Clerks and being very exposition heavy. of A lot of talking and, and you know, he, he didn't know what he was really doing. To Clerks 2 being a bigger budget and seeing him while having trying to meld that same jail with new characters to this, you see him as they've grown, as they've evolved from teenagers and, you know, young guys working in a convenience store to now they're men in their 50s or close to their 50s trying to come to grips with the life that they've all, that they've lived. It's a beautiful ending to this trilogy. And I don't think, I didn't expect it, and I don't think I would want it any other way than what it was. You never see anything about Randall's film making it. You, you don't know if it worked or not. Uh, during the credits, you hear Kevin Smith thanking people for watching the film. I don't know if it's going to be on the DVD or not, but he, he says it in the credits of the movie theater. And he reads a scene that they kind of cut out, or an, an epilogue, basically saying that Randall kept making films and kept working at the quick stop until his last film when he was being interviewed he said you know I used to say that this job would be great if it wasn't for all the fucking customers he said and then I realize now that the customers are what made the job the best and so you you never saw that his film took off you see Elias kind of stepping into Dante's role and them trying to acknowledge Dante for what he was and godly it's just it was so amazingly done the film is hilarious it has the right amount of humor and hits at the right moment it has dark humor it has dick humor it has everything that clerks is and it has a story that at the heart of it is a man coming to grips it's two men coming to grips with friendship love loss and mortality Kevin Smith did an amazing job with this film it is fan fucking tastic again if you don't like this film 
I you just don't like Kevin Smith because this is genuinely one of his best films. There is fan service for all of his fans. There is continuation of his other films. We see Millie, Jay's daughter from Jay and Silent Bob Reboot in this, pulling the milk out, trying to find the freshest one. And it's soy milk, which is funny because, you know, she's vegan. It's a little nod to that. You see callbacks to the original film. You see callbacks to other films. Ethan Suplee has a callback and has a cameo in this that is straight a Mallrats reference. And it's him screaming, when, he's auditioning to be in Clerks. And he just says, when is it my fucking time to see the sailboat? He said, sorry, that, that, that hits personal for me. It's a funny cameo that you get if you know Kevin Smith's film. Do you have to watch Clerks 1 and 2 to get this? I think there's enough callbacks that it would help. But honestly, this film on its own, they do a well enough job of kind of establishing um, the relationship between the two that you really don't have to but I think that seeing them all three together you see the progression of a life of two friends you see them evolve and you see them grow together you see them grow apart you see them grow back together they deal with heartbreak pain loss they deal with you know coming to grips with themselves it's a coming of age story for men in their 20s up until their 50s and it's it's beautiful kevin smith my hat's off to you because this again this is one of your finest works ever it is amazing it is beautiful it is haunting the tale of a good movie is when i have two two things when i get done with the film when you just sit there and you think damn and you try to reflect on it and two when the film is over you immediately want to watch it again I wanted to watch Clerks again. They had one showing. I'll have to wait till October to see him again. I would have watched this film again. I would have watched it again. I would have watched it three or four times tonight. That's how good it is. Just to catch all the, the references, the little Easter eggs, and to just try to digest the story a little more. Because it's there, and it is a beautiful, beautiful story. My hat's off to Kevin Smith. My hat's off to Brian O'Halloran, which, again, is so fantastic in his role as Dante. The the emotion he brings and the way that he makes you connect with that character is just truly amazing. And he should be 100%. He should be recognized for that in some way, shape, or form come award season. Jeff Anderson, Randall, should be the same. He makes you care for a character that doesn't take life seriously. The slacker. The asshole. Randall's a dick. And he makes you care about him in the end. Because you see that through it all, the one thing Randall had was Dante. Even though he didn't necessarily always know it, or maybe necessarily always wanted to admit it, Dante was the thing that kept Randall grounded and was Randall's always Randall's go-to person. Whenever Randall had a problem, Dante was there to help him. And it was the person that he could complain to, the bitch to, and that he needed. And to lose that and watch him try, I kind of would like to see how he comes to grip with not having Dante around anymore. But I don't want a Clerks 4. I know that's weird to say. I don't think there'll ever be a Clerks 4. Because it's, it's just a, a beautiful bow 
on the the end of that story. It's a beautiful epilogue, a beautiful bookend to that trilogy. And you see it grow, you see it mature, you see it evolve. And Clerks 3 is amazing. Trevor Furman did a did great job. Jay, Jason Mewes, Kevin Smith, everybody involved in this did their part perfectly. It was well written. <laughs> Shocking, right? Kevin Smith film, well written. It's well written. The characters fit the exact mold that they need to fit. They are exactly what they have been in the last two films. and But yet, they're not just side characters. It seems like everybody is important in this. But all the Easter eggs, all the callbacks, the fan service is here for this film. It is what Jay and Silent Bob reboot was, but without going over the top. It's a beautiful fan service that we love and we needed. And the fact that this is getting released the way it is, he's going on tour like he did with Reboot. This film could be in theaters, and I would go see it every day because it is that damn good. I know people are going to say, well, you just love Kevin Smith's stuff, or you you just saw it, so it's fresh in your mind. No, it's just truly that good. And I know people are going to argue with it. They're going to say, yeah, it's good. It's not as good as you're making it out to be. That's fine if you want to say that. But I truly think this may be Kevin Smith's best work. This may be his magnum opus. And, you know, Clerks, for what it was, I know everybody remembers Clerks, and I will still say Mallrats is probably my favorite Kevin Smith film. But when you look at this in his entire filmography, it is top three, top five. It is fantastically done. From the, the, again, the writing, the production, the acting, the storytelling, everything. This is a beautiful, beautiful film. And I've said that a lot on here, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it forever. I will argue to anybody who does not like this film, and I will argue a hundred times for it all the time. Kevin Smith did an amazing job, and everybody involved, my hat's off to you. You get a standing ovation from me because this film it truly is what needed to put the bookend on clerks this film even though it wasn't what i thought it was going to end like again i thought it was going to be a happy ending the ending is perfect for what it is it's perfect for what you need and it is it is the perfect ending to a a great story of two friends growing up trying to come to grips with who they are and their life it's a story of two friends trying to be thinking that they have all the time in the world to coming to grips with being older to realizing that their lives has that that they're going to die someday and trying to come to grips with that and trying to put their stamp on the world so thank you Kevin for this film and I can't wait to see it again I can't wait to buy it and watch it again and again and again and again because it's just amazing Go out and see this film. Go out of your way to see this film. If it's in your, if, if, if it's in a theater, I know some theaters like mine here in my town only did it for two nights. Some are doing it all week. If it's showing, go see it. If he's coming and bringing the inconvenience tour to you um, and doing the Q&A, go pay the money and go see it. It's well worth it. I'm telling you, if you are a fan of Kevin Smith's, you will not be disappointed. If you are not a fan of Kevin Smith's, you will not be disappointed. The film is that damn good. And I will suck the dick of Kevin Smith 
all day because of this film. I, everybody knows I'm a fanboy. I've never shied away from being, saying I'm a Kevin Smith fanboy. I love every film he does. The shitty films are still great films. I'm, I argue with people all the time that Yoga Hoser is a good film. And I know how people feel about it. People don't understand it. But I, I truly do like that film, and I think it's fun. I think it's a fun, weird um, experience to go through. He has other films, but this one right here, again, may be his best work to date, just from the standpoint of storytelling, of acting, everything. This is truly the the epitome of what Kevin Smith is, and I think it's his best work as a filmmaker yet. He put everything he had into this. He put his heart and soul into this, and it's paid off in spades. It's truly amazing, and I really hope that this turns out well for him and he can continue to make films like this and tell the story because Kevin Smith is a true uh, independent filmmaker. He's truly what independent film is. He's making films that he he wants characters, he wants people saying he's using his friends. Yes, he is, but he's also telling stories he wants to tell. And that's what filmmaking is, is telling a story that you want to tell. If you have an idea, taking the story and telling that story putting that idea on film whether you're casting friends or not it's not the, that's not an issue okay it's telling the stories that you want to tell Kevin Smith is the essential independent filmmaker and I know he's made big budget films I know he's got bigger budget films but he's still got the heart and soul of an independent filmmaker with the way he does this if you hate him for whatever reason if you think he's too commercial if you think he talks too much I don't care if you think that it's your business that's fine but I'm telling you this right now Kevin Smith is the heart of independent filmmaking. Kevin Smith is what independent filmmakers wanted. He took a, had an idea for a film, he made that film, and it has made his entire career, and it's all anybody who wants to be a filmmaker could ask for, is to have a career, make money, then doing what you do, loving what you do, enjoying every minute of what you do, and then taking your experiences and putting that to film. And that's what this is. He took from his real life, from, to make Clerks, he took from his real life to make Clerks 3. And the story is come full circle of what he started. So again, thank you. Go see it. I've probably, you know, blown Kevin Smith enough today. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for liking, sharing, and subscribing. It really helps the channel out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at NerdPoolPod. I'm on Instagram at NerdPoolPodcast. I'm on TikTok at NerdPoolPodcast. I am on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. Um, thank you for the love. And again, go see Clerks 3. You will not be disappointed in it. I promise you that. It has a stamp of approval. And I know that everybody's like, well, you like everything. That may be true, but this is 100% is a great film. Not a, just a movie. It's a great film. It's everything you'd expect from Kevin Smith and even more. It's everything you expect from a great comedy mixed with great drama and a great story. So until next time and until I get to see Clerks again, that's Nerdpool. And remember, not even supposed to be here today.